You're listening to Hayes Radio Network, Cannabis Lifestyle Radio. What's good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Terp Talk. I am your hostess with the mostest, Sarah Tokes, a.k.a. the Terp Queen. Today, I have with me a very special guest. Get excited, because I know I am. I have Sergio with Cultivated Genetics. What up, Sarah? Thanks for having me. Yay! Thank you for responding to an intro. (laughs) I appreciate it. Awesome. So, um... Let's just let's just dive right in. Let's um, what is cultivated. Let's hear a little bit about the brand and how you got started with that. Sure. Well, first off, thank you so much for having me here, Sarah. This is uh, this is Yay. pretty cool. Appreciate yeah, of this. course. I appreciate you coming out. Yeah. Um, so, cultivated genetics is an indoor nursery up in Sacramento, and uh, we've been we've been selling clones in California since January 2020. Oh, awesome. So, um, how does that work with you being down here in SoCal doing the whole back and forth? Great question. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I, I do live down here in SoCal and uh, the nursery based up in Sacramento. I have a phenomenal team around me. And, uh, you know, what we've done is is really put the put the pieces in play. Right. I, I manage more of the business side and uh, we have a phenomenal uh, grower. Name Steve. Been uh, grown in deep water culture for about two decades now, and deep water culture. Deep water culture. Is, yeah. Do Do you know what that is? Sure. So, okay. so we use a system by current culture, and essentially, it's where there's it's a soilless operation, and the buckets actually contain uh, nutrients of recirculating water. So the plants actually have roots that go down into the buckets, and that's how they get fed. That's so crazy. Oh my gosh. I don't think I've never been to a farm like that or really ever seen anything like that. I didn't even know that was a thing. I think the craziest farm that I've that I've seen was a, a Hugo culture. Are you familiar with how that is Talk or what that, that is? So Hugo culture is like a German way of growing where pretty much you you're building up. So you have the soil, the wood, just the organic nutrients, whatever you want to put in the guamo or whatever your choice is, but you're pretty much building up and then you have a layer of wood each one. So what the wood does, it traps the water so you don't need to um, water it so much. So it's slowly just feeding and trapping all the nutrients. Gotcha. Yeah. That's very interesting. I've heard that. That's why I'm like, I I feel like NorCal, no offense, SoCal, you know I got mad love, but I feel that NorCal kind of has a little more pizzazz in their growing you know because that's where I see things that's out of the box sure. kind of like what you just said and with the Hugo culture and I don't know I don't know even like with the glass greenhouses you don't really see that down here tired of indoor growth <laughs> like for real so um what made you want to start start the nursery like how did you get that whole journey started yeah so <clears throat> we our group has been together for about five years now. So we started in the 215 days. Uh, we had a, a nursery back then as well. And we're going to call that our college degree, right? We we did a lot of experiments. We we processed a lot of, of clones and we learned a lot. So when when 64 came around in 2018, um, that's when, you know, I started to, to think about how do we how do we build the most trusted, cleanest nursery, right? And and there wasn't a whole lot of available spaces for us, so we made the best of what we could find. However, this was really where I started going down the rabbit hole of tissue culture. And I know we were just chatting yeah. a little bit about that and how how significant it is, especially from a mother's space perspective, right? So being able to bring in clean genetics and uh, shout out to Node Labs. Um, 
these guys have been instrumental in in our entire journey and i couldn't i couldn't be more grateful for for awesome nursery partners like them so what do they do node labs so node labs is a tissue culture lab so basically they bring in plant material and they they genetically cleanse it and all that means is um consider it rehab for plants right so you bring in um, uh, particular genetics and they cleanse it up they put it through their iso certified laboratory process and out of that process we get gen zero moms so we're getting tissue culture derived plantlets which is the start of our nursery so we are powered by node labs and um yeah we've we've had a uh, qu quite the journey and quite the experience operating with these types of plants because the vigor the health the overall performance of the genetics has just been outstanding that's crazy you guys mainly um your your nursery is it in indoor it is I'm an indoor okay nursery, i'm like yes. i'm like i'm assuming it's indoor do um do you guys have a preference on like for example if a brand was to come and pick it up or get some clones from you guys do you have a preference on like oh you can only grow this indoor or just do your thing with it we, we don't, and and most importantly, I think that that's the challenge that we've faced initially when we first came on the scene, because I'm going to take a couple steps back. Um, there's not a whole lot of nurseries in the industry because it's extremely difficult for a nursery business, and I say that because there's a lot of responsibility from a nursery perspective. So when when people started getting acclimated to, to what we do, and, and you know, we're, we're building a story, right? We're trying to build the narrative around trust, and how yeah. do we really emphasize that, uh, you know, we're, we're doing this without a large injection of capital behind us. This is a bootstrapped operation, literally sold the house, sold the car because we believed in what we wanted to accomplish. And, and that's where the team of people that we have around us, it's the quality of people that we really have to be able to make sure that we have a trusted process in place. So shout out to my cultivated familia. I love you guys. Couldn't no, be here without you. Right. Of course. Honestly, like, I feel like when, when you have a happy team and you guys work like in unison and you're not stepping on each other's toes and you guys genuinely vibe, it shows with your work. Right. Like for real, like it, it, it fucking, it talks numbers. It shows so much through the work and just the vibes that you guys have. Like it's, it's hard to be, it's hard to kind of get together a team, especially with what you're doing with the whole nursery and like, really finding people that you can trust because like at the end of the day like people are backdooring shit whether or not it's metric i'm not gonna say who but you know who you are if you're watching this but <laughs> people stay backdooring things through metric it you know i i worked with countless brands so i'm used to always seeing things go through the back door and it's really hard especially with the cultivation and getting clones and having a nursery making sure nobody's doing that right because what you guys are doing, like you say, with the tissue culture and just all of the research that you do, who I wouldn't want to see that on the black market. I'd be so upset. Yeah, you and, know. And, and you bring up a good point: is that we're operating with integrity. And I know, you know, every, every cannabis startup is going to deal with their own sets of challenges, and we've dealt with our own. The cool thing is that we're operating through with, uh, with the intention of doing the right thing. And so, if if any cannabis entrepreneurs are listening to this, and you can actually recognize what is the next step and how do I make sure I can succeed through this process? It's to operate with the good intentions. And this is really where the, the cool part of building this cultivated familia that we've really gone through yeah. is being able to work with those, those types of companies and brands that are like-minded. We, may not, we not, may not vibe with everybody else, but that's okay. We know that what we're doing is, is on the right path because we want to build that trusted start to the supply chain. And, and that's where I come from. I come from hospitality. 
I'm hey. not, so <laughs> I, you know, initially wanted to be a chef and all that stuff, but it really led me into the world of pleasing, right? And, and I love the fact that, um, you know, cannabis and the community that is around it is really embracing the, the whole fact that we're doing this to, to provide a good start and a trusted start. I feel you. I'm going to take it back. You said you wanted to be a chef. I know this is super off topic. Do, um, do you feel like maybe cannabis is similar to culinary in some way with like the terps and somewhat fulfilled? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So, um, growing up, you know, I, I cooked a lot with my mom and dad and, you know, I was always in the kitchen with them. They're both from Mexico. So I was naturally always in the kitchen. So, um, you know, that was cool. And, and, Really, I was about to go to the Le Cordon Bleu um, Academy up in okay. San Francisco, and then uh, I realized how expensive it was. And being a, a you know a son coming from a humble beginning, and you know our family not being able to afford that, I went to the DVC program up in Concord in the East Bay area, which was great. I had a wonderful experience there. I learned about cooking, I learned knife skills, I learned you know food pairing, all that yeah. good stuff. And then I worked in the restaurant industry, which at 18 and 19 years old is, isn't exactly the, the the lifestyle that I was hoping for at that point, right? It was a very demanding process yep. for, you know, challenging pay, but I still love to cook. So how that kind of led me down the path of where I saw a lot of similarities in me enjoying to cook is with cannabis and the genetics, right? Yeah. This is exactly why we are leaning into the breeder community, right? We are working with the breeders. So shout out to Compound Genetics and Midwest Best. Love you guys. We couldn't be here without you guys having the endorsement and support of what we're doing because, again, it's you guys that are doing everything. You work with Compound. We work with Compound. Hey, you're killing it. They are fire. Oh, my gosh. I've Unfortunately, I've never been blessed with their flower, but I've, p- pictures do it justice, I hope, because I look at the trikes and I'm just like, I'm like so, those trichomes. <laughs> yeah, so sh- shout out to Chris Lynch at Compound Genetics. And, you know, this is really what I enjoy about um, the way Chris is breeding and, and, and collaborating with a lot of the, the top breeders in the industry as well. His, you know, what he's doing with a lot of the different, um, you know, cultivar releases, like he'll take the Jeff Yule Gelato Cross and then, you know, breed that with a ton of different things because he knows that this flavor profile is going to mesh well with this. And, yeah. you know, that's what's really intriguing to me um, about cannabis is that there's so many experiential cultivars that you can really identify just by knowing the lineage of the plants this particular lineage mixed with this one is going to create that flavor. That's exactly where I saw the similarities in cooking and cannabis. Yeah. So yeah that's a great question. Yeah. I mean, um, one thing that I've noticed in this industry, I come across a lot of chefs, a lot of chefs that are just like, I wasn't vibing with it anymore. And I got into cannabis and pretty much same thing you said. Like, um, are you familiar with J farms by chance? Mm-hmm. Chef J farms. I'll send, I'll send you J farms, but J farms, he specializes in concentrates. So how he got into the whole concentrate game was because he does cannabis pairings. Like he um, hosts something with the Cannabis Babes every Friday, the dinner and dabs. So pretty much he'll do a recipe and then he'll pair it with his concentrate. So kind of like getting, I feel like weed and food go together so well. And when you really like you find the people or even the brands that that fuck with it together, you know, it, it kind of makes things more fun. And you you have a better kind of idea of the terpene profiles and what you want for that instead of just like someone who's coming in from like a brand that's on the stock market. No offense to brands that are on the stock market, but I've dealt with some brands that are just like, I just want something with a high percent THC and don't really know about terps. You know, Sarah, you and I really vibed off of this whole terps over THC notion. Yes. (laughs) So, um, 
really it's about the genetics and where I see the entire conversation in the commercial marketplace and the retail space. Hope, hopefully the goal is for them to realize that it's not about the THC percentage. Potency, yes, it does matter to some degree, right? I'm not gonna, not gonna yeah. sit here and say that it doesn't, but there is a level of expectation that comes from the experience that you're looking for derived from which specific terpenes, which specific cannabinoids, right? And that's-, that's What do you feel is a good THC percentage? You, Arguably, I, I can't even agree on what a good percentage is because I've seen some fire coming yeah. out of 16% with 7% terps. You know, like there's a lot of great cultivars out there that people sleep on just because the buyers didn't think that um, if it was below 20%, well, I'm not going to buy that and bring it into exactly. my, my shop. Or I'm not going to put my, my brand on that. Well, that's unfortunate because right now we've got a Dosi Lotto uh, number eight in our, in our library. I've seen it test all over the board from 16% all the way up to 27% THC. How? cultivation practices right? really and there's a whole lot of expectation around how you can uh you know deliver a, a specific type of uh finish on your cultivars but this is really where it gets interesting around genetics and why the expectation of being able to lean into a true to type product right so what i speak of true to type because you know we know that we're getting the genetics um, directly from node right we know that they're true to type we know that they're working with the breeders so chris lynch at compound is actually providing the genetics to them so we know it's true to type so coming into the marketplace where we're at from a large-scale commercial craft clone nursery perspective and i just use the term craft clone because i know we're not we're not just pumping out um you know thousands of thousands of clones that are just the typical yeah genetic, right and, and here's an og here's a blue dream here's a jack herrera like which there will be a place in the industry for that totally good but, but we're flooded, guys. Sure, sure. We're flooded. And so the- Bring me more GMO. <laughs> so being able to, to really collaborate with the breeders and, and understand what the market is looking for and, and how can we educate the market, and that's really where genetics comes into play, talking about the lineage of XYZ parent and, and talking about flavor, like what experience you're looking for. You don't walk into the liquor store and ask for Jose Cuervo because you just want a, a strong, potent liquor. Yeah. No. You want the flavor. Like, we were just vibing on mezcal. We were Ex talking about the smokiness and peeniness that we enjoy from mezcal, right? And and that pair is perfect with some like a humulene or a karyophylline flower. By the way, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, like, I I don't know personally. That's that's why I have the show. It's just like, hey here's a spot for me to highlight brands and just people in the industry and kind of just show people, I don't want to say show people what's up because everyone in the industry is killing it, but just really be able to truly educate people on like the importance, like for example, the importance of genetics is like the meaning of this episode because I feel like people are just, they just want to cling to their OGs and the same old strains and they don't want to try anything new. Yeah, you know, and so. you bring a good point. There's, there's a lot of inexperienced purchasing decisions that are happening at the retail space. And, and it's not out of anyone's fault. We're just a, a young market. We're in a young industry. And, and going back to what you just said, that everyone that's in the industry and has crushing it, yeah, we're, we're all doing the best that we can. And this is really where cultivated genetics as a company, we know we're operating with integrity and we're doing this the right way. We build our relationships based off of integrity. The fact that you guys started this year, like in the middle of this whole, well, at the beginning of this whole thing, and you're, you haven't sank with all due respect, because I've been watching brands that started up in January and they're not here right now, you know, and it's, 
there's a need for what you guys are doing, though, when it comes to the um, genetics, because people will never stop growing and never stop manufacturing cannabis. Thank you for recognizing that, Sarah. And yeah, it's, we've been blessed to be able to make it through the pandemic and, you know, keeping people employed. Yeah. You know, we, we've made a lot of sacrifices. So shout out to all my partners at, at Cultivated that we've gone through this journey together for the past few years. And we know how much we've sacrificed to get here and how much it's costed us to get here. So the fact that we do have a, a viable product that's being received on the marketplace, and again, it's the initial start to the supply chain. So yeah, we know that we're, we've got a lot of responsibility on our back, but we own that. And this is really where we're excited about what we're doing and what we're producing, because we know that we have a clean, trusted start. Would you guys, um, are you guys ever going to have clones for sale to consumers? We actually do. Yeah, what? We, we've got a grow your own community. Really? We do. Yeah. So currently, um, right now at this point in time, we've got three different dispensaries up in Northern California where you can go in and adopt our clones. And uh, we. I love it. Adopt the clones. Yeah, we, <laughs> we send out adoption day notifications. So if you don't have, um, if you're not on our text community, yeah, please join our text community. Um, if you don't mind, I'm going to. Yes, please share go ahead. Number. Share the number. Everybody, Sh sign up for that if you're in Cali. Perfect. So the text community. Number is area code 916-347-4990. Again, that's 916-347-4990. So you just text the word clones. That's it. Just clones to that number, and you'll get added to our um, our adoption day notification text community. That's so cool. I'm, I'm going to text that number after the show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, if I need to drive to NorCal to go get some clones, I might just need to. <laughs> That's what's up. Appreciate that. But, um, but yeah, hopefully this, you know, in the near future, we will have some clone drops here in Southern California. The, the demand is overwhelming. So thank you all that are listening that have reached out and said, when's your clones coming to, uh, to SoCal? Hopefully soon. We're, um, we're making some headway with, uh, with some really cool dispensaries. So Please be patient with us. We'll be here soon. Do you know what areas you're probably going to be hitting? Can you say? Um, not at this point. <laughs> um, out of respect to to the dispensary uh, partners that we're collaborating yeah. with. And, just, and I know the timing of it right now, right? It's not exactly outdoor season, so the reception of bringing in clones right now. But we do have a lot of, a large indoor community. And yep. it's been really fun to watch a lot of the people tag us in their journey. I love watching people um, grow at home. I don't know why. That's just like, that's kind of my favorite thing to follow on IG lately is just watching people grow from home yeah, yeah, with their own little setups, um, with the indoor setups, because it makes me want to grow. But I'm like, I, I don't know if I have the time to grow. You should get yourself a little five by five tent, you know, uh, a one light. Yeah. You know, get a... Get yourself a 35-gallon mod from... A I have some culture. auto flower seeds. Are you familiar with auto flower? So, yes, I have seen some really, really good, impressive auto flower. Okay. Um, and that's cool. You can How do you feel about auto flower? From a, from a commercial perspective, I think that there could be... There, there, there's definitely an opportunity there for the flower because, again, I've seen some, some auto flower produced yeah. that looks amazing. Um, is, it, is it for everybody? No. Is there enough cultivars out there in variety? Not yet. They'll get there. <laughs> but, um, but no, going back to like the whole grow your own community, um, I just want to say thank you to everybody that has joined the Cultivated Familia and been able to go out to these adoption days and, and bring home some genetics. And just what you guys are producing is absolutely amazing. If you guys want to see what I'm talking about, go to our Instagram page, cultivated underscore MG, and click on the Familia stories highlight and you'll see what I'm talking about. There's some really, really impressive grow your home or grow at your home um, 
cultivators. Oh, so. you guys see the whole repost of everyone that grows at home too? We are, I, I consider ourselves a, uh, a media company first and a nursery second. Yeah. We really do appreciate every everybody that's taken the the time and opportunity to actually grow with us. And that's that's the fun part. That's the rewarding part. I'm driven by thank you. Like yeah, I come from the hospitality. Exactly. World, so. And I feel like the most important part about growing a brand, guys, take notes, is your marketing and branding, building a face behind your brand, staying active on Instagram and reposting and showing people that you appreciate them. There's people behind these brands that, you know, we, we pride ourselves in what we're doing. We want to be able to be approachable. Yeah, we I mean, I respond to every single message, every single DM that we get sent to us and I want as you should and especially when people are out there like spending their money on your product you know and like i it's not like the least you can do but it's just like yo show some love to the people that are taking the time out of their day to show love back like to you and in reality check if you don't enjoy actually engaging with them then what the fuck are you doing exactly not your line of work that you want to be in then exactly if you like i i have brands that reach out to me then i'll reach out to some brands for promo like i reached out to you for promo, you know, but just in general, like I'll, I'll have brands that will literally just leave me on red, not even like the message, just say seen. And I'm just like, just say, oh, we're not, we're, um, we're done with Q4 promos right now. We'll contact you for quarter one, something like that. Some sort of acknowledgement. But in, right? like, if I'm telling you, yo, I, I love your product, like you're my go-to, I want to collaborate and you don't get back to me, you, you leave my message on red. I'm not going to pick you up again, you know? Cause it's like, I, I like to know that like when I'm when I'm spending my money on flour, the the few times that I do, I want to make sure it's going into the right hands. Sure. At the end of the day, you know, like I, I told you, I come from 215. So I've I've seen it all, guys. I've seen it all and I've dealt with it all. So just I don't know. I, I feel like brands brands need support from both the consumer side and the dispensary side. We're grateful for their attention. Yeah, that, 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 <laughs> that's what we're that's what we're. We're, we're reverse hacking the attention to provide value, right? Yeah. And that's that's exci- that's exciting about what we're doing, and um, you know, again, just you know, how is the commercial market transforming the retail experience? This is where, you know, this is what um, our cultivation partners that buy clones from us are are discussing, right? Like we need to f- we need to check some certain boxes so that they can resell it, and and that's that's the challenging part of what's happening right now with the commercial market is you know there's a lot of purple demand, like we were just talking about. There's a lot of, um, you know, it's got, it's got to hit these boxes. Uh, heavy yields, um, you know, at least 20 to 25% THC. It's got to have color and, yeah. It has to be, like, fruity. Fruity or musky. No in between right now. Everybody wants, like, the fruity or something, like, kind of GMO-y, but not too pungent with the GMO. Because I told you, I, I love GMO. I'm a sucker for GMO. I'll say this on every single show. Someone send me just pounds of GMO, please. <laughs> I'll give you my P.O. box. But um, I've gone to a shop, and I saw this um, this genetics company, Next Green Wave or something like that, like New Green, something along those lines. Green, wave. green wave. Okay, okay. I'm like, one of, New Green or Next? And they had this, um, this GMO cross. I can't think of it off the top of my head. And the bud tender tried to talk me out of it. Why is that? He said, are you sure you want this? Not a lot of people like the smell. And I was like, I'm like, excuse me? Like, not a lot of people like the smell of a GMO. Like, and I'm like, they're not real ones. (laughs) But according to who? And that's why I'm saying, again, when it comes to the education, like, can 
can you imagine somebody, a bud tender, someone's going to go adopt one of your plants and they say, nah, don't get that one because it's people don't like the smell. This goes back <laughs> to why we're excited about what we're doing because as a nursery, yeah. we, we want to get the attention so that we can talk about lineage, so we can talk about the, the intention that the breeder had when he put this 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 cultivar together, right? And that's really where talking flavor profiles of terps and, and cannabinoids that are literally intentionally bred for a specific reason. We want we want anybody, any retail um, dispensary partner that is providing our genetics for adoption days. Yeah. We want them to be genetic snobs. Just like you'd walk into a wine store and you want to be able to talk about the Zinfandel or the the Sauvignon Blanc. That yeah. You, you know, th there's notes, there's experiences that you want to talk about. And this is no discredit to anyone that is already doing this. I just, I hope that one day there is an expectation of, of education at the dispensary level. So we could talk lineage and why this is important. Personally, like, um, and it's hard to do this with the Rona. There was one dispensary in the Valley that was doing like little seminars throughout the days where they would talk about the lineage, talk about like the importance of genetics and terpenes and kind of highlight brands. But I feel like that's so hard to do or, Sorry, let's scratch that. I feel like everybody's making excuses not to do that because of coronavirus. When all re in all reality, you can host something in your parking lot. I see people doing pop-ups. There's a dispensary in Santa Ana where they're doing a chef coming out and doing a pop-up. Hmm. So why can't you have a small education event, you know? It's, or do it, like a Zoom event or... It's as simple as this, right? Flip on your IGTV and let's talk. Let's have a live stream about education or whatever it might be. You know, exactly. That, I'm kicking myself because I've, I've wanted to do this for so long and maybe this is the, the, the Kickstarter. I hope too. so. I hope this is like the little flame under you to be like, yo, I'm going live once a week. We're going to talk genetics. Like, right? and, and honestly, you should. I... I just barely went live on IG this week after, like, I've been taking my IG serious for the past, like, year and a half now, somewhat, sorry. Um, but I I barely went live this week, and I had so many people just, like, kind of hitting me up for, like, questions about whether it's the show or just herpenes, what am I smoking on, what do I recommend for this, and just, I, I didn't realize if I went live it would actually be like that. So imagine if you guys went live and you like all these people that are growing your products at home, like they have questions and you guys can do like a Q and A. Yeah, you know I think there's a lot of value that can that can come out of that. And, yeah, you know it's um it's rewarding, right? We want to get people on the right path and and really just set them up for success, regardless if it's commercial or retail. I mean it doesn't matter. We want to be able to bring value to the community, and that's why we're that's why we enjoy doing what we're doing because we know we're bringing value. So. Any constructive criticism, please let us know. We're, we're totally open to that. Yes, and that's all brands should be open to criticism, you know, because there's so many people that, that see you guys through a light that maybe you guys don't view yourself like that, you know, because there's, <laughs> there's been some scandals in this industry. There was, um, there was a brand earlier this year that got called out for, like, cultural appropriation, they released a brand that was all Hispanic culture, and then it was a white guy that did it. And his excuse was, well, I wanted the women to be like Tony the Tiger. She's more of a fictional character. And I haven't seen them in any dispensaries since. So it's like stuff like that is why people are so traumatized of this industry on getting hooked on new brands. But it's just so simple to go ahead and do your research, right. you know, like always check the blacklist xyz they have a search engine on there guys you can 
you wanted to type in cultivated, you can type in cultivated and see that nothing comes up. <laughs> I haven't checked that, but I'm actually curious. I'm cool. like, nothing came up. Don't worry. That's I'm like, that's why that's I I reached out after I looked you up on the blacklist. <laughs> well, that that I'm I'm glad you mentioned that because yeah. really from <clears throat> from a marketing perspective, how do we how do we write the narrative of a trusted start? And and this all kind of comes back to what we're doing ahead of the industry standard. We know that right now nurseries aren't required to provide test results and. What I mean by that um, certificate certificate of analysis, which is extremely crazy. I think with all the regulations that we have in California, because our cannabis is more regulated than organic foods and pretty much anything else that has to do with farming. Like how how are we not testing these these babies before they go out there? There's a lot of opportunity because there's some really smart people in the CDFA that can collaborate with us. And, and that's really where we want to show them the challenges that we can face as an indoor or outdoor cultivator to battle some of these challenges while still using safe precautions and mechanisms and tools. So while that doesn't exist right now, we're encouraging it. We want to yeah. be able to provi- provide the cleanest product possible and understanding that you know pathogen screening is something that we pride ourselves upon. And yes, going back to um, the way we start our mother plants off, they're coming from tissue culture derived um, starts. So can you? Explain what tissue culture is for the listeners. Sure. Uh, (laughs) Tissue culture is the process of basically cleaning up the genetics of a plant. So for simplistic terms, it's the plant rehab. Yeah. So let's say that um, you've had this really great GMO cross that you've been holding on to for X amount of years. Each generation that you've cultivated it, maybe it it caught a couple pathogens along the way, um, PM or something along the way, right? So you want to regenerate that. So you would put your plant matter into tissue culture, which typically is like a bouquet, you know, a couple, they just need some, um, a few of the apical marrow stems, or I'm sorry, some of the plant material. Um, and then they'll actually cut off the, the, pro, the, where the, the, the stem meets the stock, the marrow stem. Yeah. So they'll actually be able to take that out, rinse it out into uh, a couple different medias. Um, the gels, it's kind of like that pinkish gel solution, which is called agar. So throughout that process, they're cleaning up all of the impurities, all of the, all of the nasty stuff that you yeah. want in your plants. And what that does to the genetics is it actually revitalizes it. So when, before we actually pivoted into the 64 space that we're currently in right now, um, you know, we were bringing in genetics from XYZ person or, you know, hey, this is popular, so let's bring it in. Okay, cool. But knowing that we wanted to be able to provide the healthiest and most vigorous plants, we went down the rabbit hole of uh, tissue culture, right? So we know that we're not tissue culture experts by any means. We get actually asked all the time, you guys do micropropagation? No, we don't. We, <laughs> that's why yeah. we partner with Node. They are the professionals and they're the, arguably the industry leading um, s- professionals in that particular category. So we wanted to, to work with them and, you know, um, shout out to Dan, you know, we cultivated a relationship over some time and found a way that we can work together. And, and it's been, it's been really cool to, to, you know, to get that kind of support and being able to pull down the, uh, you know, these tissue culture yeah. mother plants, put them into our system and, and watch them thrive. It's been, it's been pretty incredible. So. And I think it's really incredible how two, two brands two completely different brands are collaborating collaborating with no problem (laughs) like just straight putting out like like good product and just knowing what you're putting out too i feel like that's the most important part that you're partnered with with the lab yeah you know shout out to to team (laughs) node i mean they've they've got quite the genetics library 
and and a lot of it's already in tissue culture, right? So they they can actually do banking and, and uh, storing of genetics. So if you're a cultivator that wants to, um, you know, hold on to your genetics, but you don't want to hold on to your mother plants in your facility for whatever reason, you can genetically bank them, and that's a service that they also provide in addition to the uh, to the, the restoration process. That's so crazy. I would have never thought that you can do that with weed. It's like I'm done growing this, but I'm not. Here, I'll whip you out in a few years. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I'll whip you out when the industry's ready for you again. Right. <laughs> that's, that's really cool. And, and you know, tissue culture's been around for, for you know, quite a, quite a long time in traditional agriculture. Yeah. And, and that's really where um, we recognize the value that tissue culture could provide to a nursery, right, and being able to start the mother plants off from, a, from the cleanest version of that start. So, you know, the, the methodology behind what we're doing has translated into a very successful clone. And and we're very happy to hear that there's so much success. That's why I, again, go back to the way that we handle our social media. We're a media company first. We wanna reshare the level of yeah. success that people are having with their genetics. And and again, this goes back to, um, you know, the ability to pivot with certain cultivars and being able to really bring in what the market is asking for. And now it's graduating towards more flavor, more terp heavy cultivars. And I feel like a lot of people are um, doing tissue culture now because that isn't a word until I really heard until this year and especially in the industry. So I, I don't know. I, I think that's I, I, I think it's just crazy seeing how much um, how much we've leveled up yeah. since when when we first went legal. I'm I just like literally just like had my whole like three and a half years of 64 just flash before my eyes. Like, like who would have thought we'd be doing tissue culture for weed at this point? Yeah. That's so crazy. Oh, it's, it's a beautiful thing. And it really allows for the purest expression of those genetics. Yeah, because you're saying like it, it literally cleans them when yeah. they're- when It's they're a full dirty. restoration process, if, if done correctly. If done correctly, guys. <laughs> <laughs> right, so, <clears throat> you know, there's just, um, there's a whole level of expectations around the nursery level and and how we can thank you how we can actually physically take the mother plant provide it to a or i'm sorry um, process it through for propagation purposes and provide that healthy clean clone it is not an easy task but the rigorous sops and again going back to the staff that we have the cultivated familia that takes care of these plants on a daily basis they have their vigorous they're there on the weekends we do have a weekend crew that's yes. awesome yeah. i'm like I, I don't think you could leave the babies alone on the weekend no, you know that's that's it they get burped daily they get you know tended to <laughs> so yeah so we actually some fun terminology um so we don't actually store the um the babies in racks they're stored in cribs so we refer to our cribs and we have a daycare for them that's one specific room and you know it's it, what do the cribs look like do you yeah it's um <laughs> we actually use the 90 by 90 husky racks from uh home depot so we found that that would be the, f the most functional for our sty uh, style okay. of operation and yeah they're working well that's that's so cool i i love how you're like and they're in their cribs and they get burped like real babies like <laughs> it's like little do you know it's just weed but um have you have you been seeing any like maybe more cannabinoid rich strains coming to the market? It's an interesting question, and as we develop more uh, more awareness around certain cannabinoids, and and where like me personally, I know we talked a little bit about, um, you know, I'm driving myself to find the cultivars that have higher CBGA. Yeah, I want to be able to sleep. I want to be able to turn my brain off at night. So earlier in the conversation, you asked me how does that work with NorCal and SoCal. Like I live down here, but I fly up to Sacramento regularly 
which is Ooh. great. I, 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 I do appreciate the the separation because again, I'm on the, I'm on the business side. Yeah. Right. So I'm building this company, working with. Um, let me let me rephrase that. We are building this company, and we all know our, our areas of responsibility very well. So shout out to my crew, everybody that we are working with is awesome. And and really, what we've found is, um, you know, me being able to find my level of balance. I'm still learning this. I mean, this is this is a big process of me personally. I don't know when to shut it off because I, yeah. I love what I'm doing so much. So finding certain cultivars with higher CBGA, I know that I can actually turn my brain off at night so I can I can be able to uh, consume and I'm on the hunt for those sp- specific cultivars. Have you found any just CBGA dabs? I haven't. <laughs> Neither have I. That's I why I'm asking you. I'm like, yeah, that's I'm like interesting. You're, you're Mr. Genetics over here. You can probably get me some THCV dabs. <laughs> but I did come across a specific test recently um i forgot the name of it but it was like a 20 um what is it a 23 and me swab where you can actually take your own dna you submit it and they'll give you a report back um I'm, it's killing me that i don't remember the name of this company but shout out to whoever you are because that's a great idea and i think that the more accessibility that we can have to these types of reports back on ourselves we would know what kind of experience we can go after what does it send you back they tell you like what you should what you should use correct it'll give you like what your endocannabinoid system like if uh you know your receptors want a little bit more of this particular cannabinoid or not it'll tell you what, what your body is going to adhere better to it's an experience right it's an experience report for yourself kind of crazy i'm shook i've never heard of what yeah, I'll I'll find the I've, name of it and please let you know. do. I've never heard about anything like that. Yeah. I would, I'm kind of curious to know what my endocannabinoid system wants because I just know what I want personally. Sure, <laughs> <laughs> and it would taste good. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's not that I don't care too much about the taste. I would, I just had to like stop myself from saying I don't care about the taste. Um, but I I like the more just like gassy gassy strains. Like I want to be able to smell smell that shit from down the hall you know like i just like the really just you, just punch you, you in open the yeah you open the jar just smacks you in the face real quick like that's that's just what i go for you know but i just i feel like i haven't really been finding some gassy strains lately unfortunately put that, i'll put that on the checklist <laughs> to see what we can bring in <laughs> please bring me some gas you know and and it's it's interesting because a lot of the retail demand that we're facing is bag appeal right give yeah me, give me some fruity some colorful cultivars if it's not in pre-rolls if it's, yeah because now i feel everybody's putting their flower into pre-rolls because of that reason of mm-hmm. bag appeal right exactly but i don't know i it's it, it's very difficult right now in the market especially like, like you're saying with bag appeal, but there's so many brands um, that are trying to come out with flour and they're white labeling. Just <laughs> I'm like, guys, I how how do you feel? I shouldn't even ask you how you feel about the white labeled flour game. Personally, I'll just start off with my personal opinion, so I don't put you on the spot. I I don't I I'm not hating on the white label game, but I personally feel like. It takes away from the experience of that brand and that cultivator, hmm. you know, um, because it's like at that point you're just becoming mass produced under other people's names and you don't really know who that cultivator is. Because I'm like, you're all about the genetics and I'm I'm all about just like, okay, this is grown by XYZ. I like to know who the growers are. Like I'll find them on IG and I, I'll, gr- I'll follow them, you know? And when it's a white label company, 
you don't know who it is, you know? Like, I like to see the process of, like, oh, here's the next batch coming out, you know? Right. Like, the work that they put in. And with White Label, I feel like it's kind of hard to do that. It's an interesting point. And I, I do I do like where <laughs> you you're going You don't need to this. respond to my question. <laughs> no, that's okay. Because, honestly, like, we provide genetics to a lot of um, contracted farmers that yeah. are selling to these brands, which is totally fine, right? It's part of the supply chain. But I do appreciate when we are able to work directly with the cultivators that are proud of what they're doing. And I'm going to use Craft Farmer as an example. Lance, yes. shout out to Lance up in Santa Rosa because he's documenting the journey. He's building the Craft Farmer brand and providing so much value out into the marketplace on, in the, on a daily basis using his IG stories. Yeah. But he's also cultivating for Mercy Wellness. And they have a phenomenal product. They have a great retail experience. And this is something that, again, like I, I realize that the white label conversation could turn south but i know that there's a lot of good things happening within that and this is just you know a behind yeah. the scenes look at the commercial space see and you you see it from the grower side i deal with the brand so i do a lot of like consulting and marketing for just small startups and stuff so they're always like we're gonna do some white label flour and we're gonna hit the market at 18 to 25 dollars wholesale and i'm i look at them i'm like you can't do that with white label it has like that has to be your own brand at that point, mm -hmm. you know, because it's like, like I just said, people want to know who the cultivator is. It's different if you're like, oh, this is grown by X, Y, Z, whatever the grower is. So people still know. But I feel like when someone just completely takes full credit for your work, that's that's why I'm I'm iffy when it comes to the whole white label game. That's why I don't sell bulk like <laughs> for real. <laughs> But well, this this is the this is kind of cool too. Like we that's why we as a nursery want to be a part of the process. Talking about transparency earlier before we hopped on air. I mean that's that's really where we're excited about being able to be out in the marketplace and really be able to showcase. Yeah, these are the cultivators that we're working with. We're proud we're proud to power these farms. Yeah. Right. And this is exactly where again the more knowledge and experience that the the, the consumer can realize where are these genetics actually coming from. Where like did they come off of a you know, a clean TC mom. Not that they, you know, really understand where that needs yeah. to be. And I, I don't expect them to. That's that's okay. But they are starting to do their research and learn. Sure. So. And that's that's incredibly important. Just like you'd walk into a Whole Foods and you want to understand that there's levels of, of product that you're, you're spending money on that you expect there to be a clean supply chain, right? And, and I think that kind of goes back to the entire process of transparency. You know, hopefully that the, you know, a blockchain QR code that would be on the you know on the box or bag of every product I've that been started. saying this for years right literally years it's um it feels so refreshing to hear somebody else say that right now I'm just I'll put it I'll put it this way blockchain is the future yeah and and realizing that it could help us from a legality slash compliance standpoint and as an experience from a consumer walking in realizing that these cultivated, the arm, sorry, these brands are utilizing specific type of genetics, or it's going through a trusted supply chain. That's going to happen, you know. And, and, and in reality, that's really where I hope it goes because it's going to expose those that are doing things the right way. I feel you on that. I'm just, I, I don't know. I, I, I love what you guys are doing, and I'm just, I'm taking it all in that you actually took the time to come out and really just like talk genetics with me. I think we need to wrap up. We're like five minutes out, guys. Um, is there anything you wanted to touch base on before we wrap up? Um, can you get into maybe some new 
anything new coming out for the rest of the year going into 2021? Yeah, heading into 2021, we're very excited. Um, so again, we're leaning into our uh, relationship with Node Labs and Compound Genetics and Midwest Best. So we're bringing in, um, actually on deck right now, we've got the Marshmallow OG, the Malibu Mirage, and the Ice Cream Man number five. So those are three cultivars by Compound Genetics that, again, it's going to hit that those those checklist items that we've been asked yeah. for, right? The color, the yield, the the you know the flavor profiles, and you know they'll probably test in the twenty percentile as well. That's not the main focus though. It's that they're they're high value cultivars, and knowing that there is an experience that people are going after. This is really something that's ex- uh, important because a lot of these genetics have only been available in in, in seed form. So now that we're actually propagating first-gen clones in that particular lineage, it's exciting. Do you feel like it's harder to grow seeds versus with a clone? I cannot answer that <laughs> <laughs> definitively. However, I, yeah. do, I do, what I do want to touch on is like, everybody's got their style of cultivating, yeah. right? And that's that's what's cool about watching the process and being able to document the journey and be able to reshare people's journeys of people growing our genetics. And, you know, we're super proud to have the ability to even get tagged and mentioned in something. Yeah, this came from us. Sweet. Let's reshare that. Right. So appreciate you guys doing that. And then another cultivar that we do have coming up um, early 21 is the Melonade by Midwest Best. Shout out to Tristan. This is a 2019 cup winner. So we are very excited that to bring that really one That sounds really fire. Yeah. yeah. What's the cross? It's a, a lemon tree cross with uh, watermelon Skittles. What? exciting oh so the bag appeal on this one i mean just the the expression is like she puts out. i'm ex- like experiencing the bag appeal in my head right now yeah. <laughs> like thought cloud <laughs> so it's uh you know and, and we're proud we're proud to be able to host these genetics because yeah. again it's it's about the breeders we want the breeders to get the recognition that they deserve because again they're the chefs they're the artists that are putting these lineages together for us to experience awesome I love that. Do you want to do any shout outs before I do my outro? Shout out to to the entire Cultivative Familia. We love you guys. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming through. I do appreciate you taking the time. Um, And guys, thank you so much for listening. Make sure to follow Terp Talk CA, Terp Queen with an underscore, because we got some giveaways coming up in December. That's right. I'm announcing it. The Eight Nights of Chronica starts December 11th. Sign up, start next week, guys. Sign up, start next week. Again, thank you so much for tuning in. Go check out Cultivated and the Cultivated Familia on IG, and I'll talk Terps with you soon. You're listening to Hayes Radio Network, Cannabis Lifestyle Radio.